0: Panera now delivers, so you can order good, clean food right to your office, or door, or porch, or backyard, or front yard, or apartment, or dorm, or castle, or shop, or worksite, or wherever. For lunch, dinner, and everywhere in between. Click the banner to order, or visit PaneraBread.com. Participating locations only. Panera. Food as it should be.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Hello and welcome everyone to Girl Power Hour. It is 3 p.m. Central. I'm coming to you from West Texas. We have a wonderful guest on today that's actually coming to us from Chicago and I'll probably say that again. (laughs) Uh, But I just wanted to make a few quick announcements before we get to our show. Um, I want to remind you that next week we have a call-in show with Valerie Green. She's returning to us. She's the relationship coach that we had on last month, and she's going to be giving free relationship advice to callers. So if you're setting your calendar for this, be sure to put this phone number in as well, 602-753-1589. That is our call-in number. And again, that is next week, February 15th at 3 p.m. Central. And then on February 22nd, I have a very special guest as well. Sue Gore-Berryman is going to be on the show. She's the owner-operator of Tumbleweed Botanical. And this this is a really fascinating story that she has to share with us, not only about her life but the the inspiration for the shop as well. Um, she's an herbalist who wildcrafts and creates these tinctures and teas and all sorts of wonderful things. Um, her shop is available to everyone online, so even if you're not local, she uh, has an online shop at tumbleweedbotanicals.com. That's tumbleweedbotanicals.com, and or you you know if you're local you can visit her in Cactus Alley. Um, today, however, I want to jump to this because this hour flies by. As I just mentioned uh, to our guests before we started the show, Jamie Lerner is with us, and she is the co-author of the book The Ever-Loving Essence of You. If you have yet to read this book, please go out grab a copy. You can find it on Amazon. Um, It is really, honestly, a wonderful book, a great treasure, something you'll want to gift to yourself. Uh, She's also a life coach who works with individuals, children, adults, and couples, as well as small groups, and again, she's coming to us from her home city, Chicago, and she's going to talk to us about everyday endless opportunities.
1: Welcome, Jamie. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's wonderful to be here. Yes, and
2: I, you know, we spoke a little bit before the show started and, um, you know, I wanted to say again to you and then, of course, to our listeners, um, I'm so excited to have you on for multiple reasons. You have so much to share and so much uh, that you've given to the world that's just really honestly the light that it needs. But also the fact that right now there just seems to be so much chaos and uh and and confusion in the world and whether we're perceiving it that way or not we certainly are seeing people talk about it Um, I'm seeing a lot of people talking about all the negativity around them and so I know that having an opportunity to tune in and and listen to something like everyday endless opportunities and the possibilities for 2017 is a totally different perspective so again I can't I can't thank you enough for this I wanted to jump right in and Talk to you about a few things that I, I did some research before I had you on because um, you know I did all I knew was the book and so of course I read in with the book a bit and, and we're certainly going to talk about that but I, I really found some information that spoke to me and maybe this is just because I, you know I, I had such a different experience as a child and so I really wanted to look at the unique childhood experience that you had. Because everything that we're talking today, the everyday endless opportunities in, in your book, The Everless Loving Essence of You, it seems like a lot of that was inspired by such a unique childhood. So could you, because from what I'm hearing, your parents really never said no to you, right? Like, I mean, you were able to be you. I love that. So can you share, that's amazing.
1: That's so unique Laura. to me.
2: So can you share that, that story with us? I would love to hear more about it.
1: Yes. Um, You know, I was born with a knowing, and I believe that we're all born with a knowing. And um, I believe that through, um, you know, just the contrast of life experience, that we tend to move further and further away from our inner being. However, from my earliest memories, I was always so connected to my inner knowing and always looking to do my own thing Um, and my parents I was born into this amazing family because my parents they were on their own extraordinary path Um, and so while my father was running his company and my mother with five children at home she was trying to change the world and when she wasn't creating change in the world my parents were traveling the world And we were cared for at home by uh, the most interesting array of people, from nannies to international students to missionaries. And each one of them quickly became part of our family. So my parents always felt that if we could help make a difference in someone else's life, then why not? It would certainly make our own lives richer. So everyone was given the same wonderful message of encouragement. You know, find your passion, follow your passion, be open to knowing and learning as much as you desire, and life is filled with endless opportunities. And if there was a way, a will, then there was a way. And my parents certainly lived their entire life by these principles. So um, my parents supported all of our adventures with um, their approval, even when they didn't even understand what we were Choosing to do. And we, um, each and every one of us, I come from a family of, I have, um, there's five of us, five children, and each of us are very independent and are very true to ourselves and to our knowing because we were pretty much left on our own to find our way with their love and support. However, they were not there much to guide us. And they always reminded us in many ways that we knew what was best for ourselves. So this was a brilliant way for me to reinforce what I had always known and felt, that I knew what was best for me. I was a very rebellious wow. child. I pushed against everything and everyone <laughs> that, that, you know, that set something up for me to push against, but none of that really occurred in my home. So that was a, a, a wonderful gift. From my parents to all of us, um, and that I is a that to is a wonderful to navigate family. that way.
2: Yeah, and I, you know, the thing is, I'm I'm listening to you, and I, 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 it blows my mind a bit because I think I start thinking back about you know my own childhood, and um, now. Personally, I was a rebel as well, and so it really didn't matter who or what said, no, I was going to do it. You know, if you told me it wasn't possible, well, let me show you. But at the same time, I think, you know, how much undoing I had to do in my young adult life when I was really trying to uh, heal from, you know, past traumas and stuff, and all the undoing was really about the fact that there was so much resistance created in my home That I mean, it was difficult, even though I was a rebel and was going to be myself regardless, the pain of of not being accepted, you know, for being myself, was part of the trauma. And so much of that going on constantly and in so many different ways and varying degrees of trauma, I honestly feel like if I had not had that, you know, how much, not easier, I mean, I don't think, you know, life is life, but um, how much different, I guess, it would have been, for me to have just been able to be myself without that constant fight and to at least have one safety net, you know, one safe place. That is a brilliant way of parenting. Uh, You're not setting yourself up for so much of that fight, you know, because I can't imagine how exhausting it is to create so much resistance in a home, especially with rebel kids like you and I, uh, because then it just becomes more exhausting for the parents. So I think in that situation it's brilliant not only for, the, the, the children of course but for the parents as well and and to be able to let you go out and be what you were born and created to be i love that and i love that your parents seem to understand and i'm speaking out to the listeners uh if you currently are you know if you do have children and you're and you're listening to this and consider this as well especially if you have, you have young ch- children because it's interesting to me that I think, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong here, but it sounds like a lot of parenting happens. People decide that the child is, is an extension of them, and therefore should be like them and should want what they want. and be kind of a, a, you know, a secondary, like another extension of a secondary person. When in fact, they are their own individual and and the parent is somewhat the vessel that brings them into the world and then they go out and do whatever the universe wants them to do Um, it sounds like that's what your parents knew
1: they did know that and yet I think every parent does the best they can do and um, what I like to encourage parents today to do is to do more of a conscious parenting to make some choices about how they're going to choose to respond to their children instead of react to them. And that really requires a moment of consciousness because most of the time I would, I see people reacting to one another and not really responding. And when we do that, we don't allow our children to take personal responsibility. And so in that, we do them a tremendous disservice. So, you know, it it is interesting because I've parented my own children and now I have grandchildren and it is really the most wonderful way to create this amazing connection ongoing with yourself and with your child as they navigate and learn that, yes, they do know what's best for themselves. And I don't believe that there are consequences. I believe there are outcomes. So if a child makes a choice for themselves and there's an outcome that is really not to their liking, well, the next time they might choose to make a different choice as opposed to having a consequence that's imposed upon them by either a parent or a teacher or society. Because at that point, it becomes very difficult for that child to take personal responsibility. So, you know, it's, yeah. And, you know,
2: I love that you, that you put it that way. In fact, I, I made a little note, respond, don't react. I love that. Um, I love that you put it that way because I think that's what happens as a, as a society as a whole. And, like, you, you brought that in. You know, it's in the school system. It's, um, it, it's what I refer to as sick systems. And, and I don't mean, like, you know, I mean dysfunctional. Uh, they function, but on a sick level. And so it is something that, you know, like you said, parents are doing their best, but it's something that you can make a conscious choice today while you're listening to respond rather than react now you mentioned in there you know that you do that as long as you have this connection with yourself with the child now of course again i've done a lot of research into you and i've heard a lot of things that you say and and you say a lot of things i agree with uh one being most important connection we have is with ourselves and i say that over and over that's the most important relationship you will ever have is with yourself and if it is not healthy then it will manifest in every relationship within your life. So that said, what do you think about how that affects, you know, in other words, if a parent doesn't have connection with themselves, then how is that affecting the way that they're parenting? Do you think that that makes a difference? Do you think that that changes things?
1: I I think it makes a tremendous difference, although I would like to say that I don't necessarily, like to judge anybody or anything so I don't think there is healthy or unhealthy I think we either feel good about ourselves and the relationship that we have with ourselves or we don't and either way is fine the most important piece of that is to take responsibility in the knowing that if you do not have a good relationship with yourself then at least you're able to have that conversation with yourself that you understand that the relationship that you're creating in this moment with yourself is not feeling good. Because to take ownership of that is so empowering. And then with that knowing, to be able to then say, because I do not feel in this moment, I'm not creating a good relationship with myself, I am not able to have the best relationship with my child right now. That's also tremendously empowering that we take personal responsibility and even communicate that with our children by saying, you know what, I am not feeling good about myself and in this moment I am not feeling good about you. That is so helpful for a child to understand that in this moment they're not necessarily bad or wrong. It's the parent that is having a hard time with themselves and projecting it onto a child. Now that is I mean, that's everything as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Even if that pattern never changes, the child then will learn to understand that parent child relationship.
2: I love that. And I love too that you um correct that with me, the healthy versus unhealthy. The that either that actually it, it really sounds better, you know, it really feels better for someone to say, you know, I either feel good or I don't feel good. Because uh, when we speak these words, and I get these messages all the time, be careful with your words, And it, you know, that's one of them. It's it, your speaking judgment. But I think that that's important, and I'm glad that you said that today, and I'm glad that you corrected that with me because I love that so much better. It does take a lot of that, you know, the, the self-imposed or society-imposed guilt and shame doesn't help. So to feel uh, that you are unhealthy or broken is not going to help. So, now, that said, that's, that's obviously a big key in having a connection with ourselves because it's, it's something that we give to ourselves. We give ourselves permission to be. And you, you talk about, you know, you talk about this connection with yourself. Obviously, this is what the ever-loving essence of you is about. But tell me, when we're talking about this connection with ourselves, how, how do women – how do women begin to make that connection? What, what keeps women from making it in the first place? What, what usually stops us from having that sort of connection with ourselves and, and, and getting to that place where we can really be self-aware and know that we don't, I don't feel good about what's going on with me today? How, how do we get there? What stops us?
1: You know, it, it's interesting because I, I find that we need to actually be given permission to feel good. And I -hmm. give everyone permission to feel good. Feeling good has nothing to do with outside circumstances. The connection with ourselves is what gets us back to that feel-good place that so many people have practiced themselves away from. So, you know, we throw ourselves into this mix of life, and the contrast helps us decipher our desires and we are continually given the message to look outside of ourselves to please others with our behavior and actions. And we're asked to measure ourselves based on others' ideas and standards. And it is essential that once we look outside, that we then look inward. And it is only then that we can consciously assimilate all of this solicited and unsolicited feedback in such a way that we ask ourselves, how does that make us feel? So, It really is about if the situation feels good, then it is resonating with your inner being. And if it doesn't feel good, it's not resonating. And it's really as simple as that. So feeling good is a birthright. It really is. It is our birthright. And if we do not feel good, then we are really not in a position to move about the world in any way that is inspiring or helpful or productive. To ourselves or anybody else. So it sounds pretty basic, and yet sometimes it's difficult for people to feel like you know they're worthy of this, and that we are—we're all worthy of that. And that's a
2: very powerful statement because you know, I when you say—I um, I mean, it sounds simple, but but when you say this is a birthright to feel good. It, it's a very powerful statement for me because I've recognized it in, in others and in myself as well. Um, in fact, there was a time in my life whenever if I would feel really good, almost hyper, but not literally hyperactive, but, but just, you know, really feeling great, lots of energy, and I would start to think, what's wrong with me? Like, what, what is wrong? <laughs> I mean, I would literally ask myself, What's wrong with me? And I remember I was in counseling at the time, and I remember asking my counselor, is something wrong with me? I mean, I was almost diagnosing myself, manic or something. And she just, you know, gently stopped me, and she said, you do know that it's okay to feel good, right? Because that's what's happening. You're just, you just feel good. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But I had not felt good, you know, for so long, and I was raised in a family where there was constant crisis, and always an issue. And as a result, I had learned to be in constant crisis and always having an issue and always having a problem. It's like you get addicted to complaining. You get addicted to the negativity or, you know, whatever the wording is. I mean, I, I, I truly did not know what it was like to just feel good. And I had such a, it was so foreign that my response to it was, you know, I, I didn't know if something was wrong. I mean, it, was, it just didn't feel right. And on top of that, You know, I've experienced it in others that when feeling good happens, it seems like people start to feel either uncomfortable, like I did, it's so foreign, or they feel almost ashamed, like there's, like I'm not, I shouldn't feel this, like for some reason I shouldn't feel this way. And it almost, um, I guess, ultimately what happens if you don't catch that and realize that it is okay, give yourself that permission, it seems like we often self-sabotage in that moment. We, you know, we create a problem so that we don't feel that. And So it is, even though it's a simple statement, it's very powerful to say that to someone. Now, that said, because you, in your book, and let me, do, because this goes with it, I'm just going to read, like, in the, in the welcome, I'm just going to read this one little paragraph because this is exactly pointing to my question that I'm about to ask you. It says, It is our belief that people are amazing and beautiful. They are filled with light, love, passion, joy, and enthusiasm. We are beings with intuitive knowing and infinite intelligence. We can learn anything, can have everything, and can manifest well-being in our lives. And sometimes we get stuck. And that part's so powerful to me, and it speaks to what I'm about to say. That said, how do we stop ourselves and say, it's okay. Like, it's okay for me to feel this, and I don't need to sabotage it so
1: that I can feel
2: the familiarness of misery or whatever it is that I'm used to.
1: Well, I believe stuck is only a moment. That's it. Stuck is one moment. And so the realization that you're stuck, and the understanding that you have a choice in that moment to stay stuck once you understand that you are stuck or not. And both of those things are fine. If we decide that in this moment we're stuck and this is our most comfortable place to be, and we allow ourselves, give ourselves permission to stay stuck, we are taking the same personal responsibility that we would if we would decide we're stuck and we'd like to move forward. So once again, what you choose to do in that moment of being stuck, it doesn't matter. But to take personal responsibility so that we never feel like we're a victim to anyone or anything, that is our personal power. I love that.
2: So it's like if, uh, if someone says, you know, I'm, I don't feel well today or I'm not in a good mood or whatever their wording is, then the difference is that instead of saying, you know, the world around me is in chaos and therefore I'm in a bad mood, that is the victim stance. But saying, you know, I don't even know what the world around me is doing. I just know I'm in a bad mood because I'm choosing to be there. I'm stuck in there today and that's where I'm going to be. And, you know, of course you can choose uh, a different perspective, but I understand as well whenever I'm grieving, like for instance, and this is to listeners who out there are kind of confused about this, whenever I'm grieving something, Or if I'm just initially, I've just gotten some, you know, news that's upsetting. Initially, I'm going to be, you know, angry, upset, (laughs) probably venting, processing, however it is I need to work through that. There are people I have talked to before that, you know, are trying to encourage me to get out of that mood immediately. But what they don't understand and what I hear, Jamie, you saying is that, you have a choice. And and for me, myself, I'm well aware that I'm only in this moment for this moment. I'm like you said, I'm stuck for a moment. I'm here for a moment. I don't plan to stay here. I'm not moving in. You know, I'm not building a house here. I'm just here for a minute. And once this minute moves, then I'll move on to something else. I'll be able to see it differently. I'll look for the silver lining. I'll get myself out of here because I'm empowered and I can do that. I'm not going to be here forever. And that's okay,
1: is yes. that what you're saying? And that's even okay. if you're deciding, but it's also okay to decide that you're going to stay stuck and you're not going to move out of it. To consciously choose to say, okay. I am digging my heels into this. This has become my identity. Nobody's going to take this away from me. But I understand that I am choosing this. Even though I have other choices, I am making this choice. That's also self intolerance So it never really matters what we're choosing for ourselves the empowering moment is knowing that we are the chooser for ourselves. Mhm. And that feels really I good. love that. Then we take we yeah. take ownership. And there's no right or wrong, there's no good or bad. It just is and we have 100% control over what the next moment's going to be.
2: Wow. And I got to tell you, and listeners, this is a new one because I typically don't get uh Really challenged on stuff. This particular situation challenges my thinking in the ways that I normally speak. Uh, and, yeah, I absolutely love it. It's something that I've really needed to hear. The idea that if you choose to be where you are, and you know that you've chosen it, and this is where you're going to be. And it's not because somebody else put me here. It's because I want to be. This is, I mean, this is where I am, and this is where I'm staying. But that's empowerment, too.
1: Yes, 100%. I love that, and it
2: feels good. And I think, and it feels good exactly. And you know, yes,
1: it feels. This good. is something that I think.
2: <laughs> this is this is something that I think is a you know this is a, a different way of explaining it. But it's something that I never thought about. I when I was in school, you know, uh, learning all my stuff for counseling and psychology, I, there was a professor that spoke about. Well, she said she said one sentence, and this one phrase just hit me. She said. You cannot make a person better by making them feel bad. And that's what you're saying. I mean, that's what you're talking about, is that if a person is where they are and they're choosing to be there and they're aware that it's their choice and they're not in a victim role, that that sense of empowerment stands to do more good for them, regardless of how you perceive, you know, because that's irrelevant. It's their life, their choice, their journey. So, Where they are, if they choose to be there, that empowerment feels good. And to try to take that from them would feel bad. So to be able to let them be there because they choose to be there, that's a gift.
1: So this is all about this kind of practice called allowing. When we are allowing ourselves to be where we are and feeling so good and so connected to ourselves, we are so willing to allow others to be where they are. Yeah,
2: that's wonderful.
1: Unconditionally. And that's a lovely way to move about the world. It really is.
2: That is a lovely way to move about the world. And that's something that, you know, again challenges me on a personal level in terms of you know thinking about how I live and you know, looking at myself, okay, am I always allowing myself to be wherever I need to be, or am I always trying to make sure that I'm doing whatever is, quote, unquote, the right thing. I think that's something that listeners, I'm sure you understand, because, you know, when you talk about being in this place for a moment, again, you know, I'm like, well, I'm aware that I can move myself out of this. But if I were to stay in that place for more than a moment, would I allow that? Would I be okay with that? You know, would I sit there and be like, okay, this is all right? And it's something that speaks but to, I'm, I'm sure, a lot of right.
1: a lot of. Yeah, but if you are right with it, other people are all right with it too. You know, when we're so clear about what we're needing for ourselves, other people are clear for it too. When we're comfortable with ourselves, people are comfortable with us. So any discomfort that we're having is really a reflection of the relationship in the moment that we're having with ourselves or not. so
2: now explain that in, that in that situation where you're saying, you know, any discomfort that we have is really about the relationship we have with ourselves. So how do we begin? I know you kind of already said this, but I just want to, because we've talked on something that makes it even more clear for listeners where, where you're really coming from and for me, but how do we get to that place where we're more comfortable with ourselves and where we can state clearly, you know, what it is we, what we need for ourselves.
1: I, I think the the nicest thing we can do for ourselves is to address ourselves first thing in the morning when we wake up. That even if it's for five minutes, that we sit quietly with ourselves and we honor ourselves in a very loving way that we acknowledge, you know, something lovely about ourselves, and that we're going to take five minutes to just really be with ourselves. And that translates into a message that we're worthy. We're worthy of some time to just be where we are.
0: So it's basically. um...
1: And it's not so simple sometimes for, for, especially for women who get up in the morning and the, first thing they do is they're on automatic pilot to be there for everybody else. Yet they really haven't nourished or nurtured themselves first. So by the end of the day, you know, people are resentful and they're angry and they really feel that um, just not very good about how they have given so much of themselves that they didn't even have to give throughout their day. So right, I really because think they haven't stopped. That, well, they haven't even started. <laughs> they haven't stopped yeah. <laughs> with them, So really, what what is there to give? And so I think that people that give to others conditionally, that we really do a disservice because it doesn't feel good to be given something with condition. Mm-hmm. It feels uncomfortable when someone hands us something with one hand, but yet they're ready to take it away with the other hand instead of filling ourselves up and then spilling over into and onto people's lives because we're so full. And from that place of being full, we're so happy to extend ourselves in this unconditional and loving way with two hands, without condition. We don't really care how it's received. We're just so happy to give it because we have it to give because we've nurtured and nourished ourselves into the connection with ourselves first and foremost. Powerful.
2: Fill, fill yourself up and spill out and over onto others.
1: I love that. Yeah. That's powerful. Yes. And with the no concept expectations of how they receive it because it doesn't matter. Right. That's, we're not doing it because we want a response or we care how it's received. We're doing it because it's the natural extension of how we're feeling about ourselves. We're so full Mm -hmm. and so naturally wanting to just extend ourselves in the most loving of ways. Right.
2: And that does, you know, that I think that is the key for so many things. Um, I, I talk a lot on the show about um, you know, codependency or the idea of enabling others, or or constantly con- concerning yourself with others to the point that you forget about you. And so this idea of self care goes even further to say, you know, it's not just about getting a massage or getting a, you know, taking the time to get a pedicure or a manicure. This is about really filling yourself up and having that quality time with you. The kind of quality time that you're trying to give all these other people you know when you think about a relationship like a romantic relationship and you think about what it requires to really feel good to really feel connected that's the same sort of stuff that you need to give yourself correct you know when you wake up and you you start by looking at yourself and saying i love you and having a little conversation with you and and really filling yourself up that way and then i feel like that would really carry over into every relationship you have. Like you said, you'd be able to, to give of yourself without needing because the, the whole idea of needing is that you're not filled up with yourself if you're looking for other people to fill you up in an area that's void, right?
1: Yes, looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> but, you yes. know, the other thing I like to <laughs> say to people is if you could have the relationship with yourself that you'd like to have with other people, Because we're so good at identifying Mm. the kinds of relationships that we want to have with other people. When you ask someone Mm. what is the relationship you want to have with yourself, they don't exactly know. So then I say, well, if you could begin to have the relationship with yourself that you are actually wanting to have with another, that would be amazing.
2: Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. And I think that
1: does help people kind of see,
2: oh, Right. <laughs> you know, and I used to do it the other way. of was thinking about um, when people are, when you're questioning, you know, whether or not someone has a, a, a connection with themselves that's either void or even abusive, and you think about, you know, people are clear on what abusive relationships look like in a romantic level, right? They're, they're aware of what that looks like, and they usually understand that there's verbal abuse, and there's psychological abuse, and there's physical abuse, and there's different variants and different degrees. But people can have those with themselves as well. And Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and so in this situation, it's like you're able to say, okay, if you know what an abusive relationship looks like, then you're able to look at your relationship and say, okay, is it abusive? Well, if you know what you would want in a partner and, you know, what your ideal relationship would be, well, then you can easily look at what your ideal relationship would be with yourself.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And it really all starts there. And so also to begin to isolate the self-talk, the internal conversations that we're having with ourselves, this like a running, ongoing chatter in the mind that people I think are unaware of. But to begin to isolate that and to understand that for most people, the way we speak to ourselves, we would probably never speak to another human being like that. But we're so Mm -hmm. unaware through the patterns that you know, and vibrational residue and what we've picked up from childhood, that it's just this, you know, ongoing mantra that we're just completely unaware of. So to isolate it, to quiet it, and to really understand that whatever all that is, it probably has nothing to do with your now, what you're living right this moment.
2: Yes, and you spoke about that on one of the interviews, that I watched it actually on YouTube, and I I was wondering about that. It, you know, it applies a lot to today. We, I said in, in in the beginning of the show that there are a lot of people, you know, looking at the world right now, what's going on, and we've spun it different ways on the show as well, having different conversations with different people that have varying perspectives on why this is happening and what's really going on and how this is just an opportunity to surface things within ourselves, within the world, for healing. Um, this could be a beautiful transition for us if we look at it that way. Um, that doesn't take away from what we're seeing in the world and what's happening and a lot of things that are going on. That said, however, you, you talked about in this interview that when, you, when something is going on with you, most of the time, like you said, it, it's not anything happening in the moment. I find that very no. interesting. It, I think that's something. It,
1: go ahead. So, you know, I think that oftentimes we have this vibrational residue, this, this kind of um, stuff that we have carried from childhood or other relationships or whatever all that is. And then we, um, we react in ways that clearly our reaction is so big it could not have anything to do with what's going on with us right here and now. And if we were to become aware of that, we would be able to then say, okay, whatever that is that we're thinking about that happened then, could we understand it from our right here and now perspective? And when we can, it's not the same at all anymore. It it actually doesn't have any power Because it doesn't fit into our life now. So how can we look at what happened then, if we're going to at all, and understand it from now? What is happening in our life now? And I think that's really helpful for people if they can do that. It really allows people to take a big, deep breath and go, wow, like there is no place for whatever that was and what's going on in my life right now.
2: Okay, so do you think that, I mean, of course that applies, you know, in many, many ways, how we, um, I've always kind of referred to it as projection, but how we are dealing with something, um, for instance, I'll just use myself. If there's a situation with me that I overreact to, I typically know I mean now because I'm a little more self-aware, that when I overreact, it has nothing to do with that person. Like if I'm upset with a person, it has nothing to do with that person. It has to do with the fact that whatever that person said or whatever that person has done or anything like that, that has triggered a memory or an event that occurred in my past that had a much bigger emotional charge because it occurred you know, when I was five. And it had a much bigger emotional charge and that somehow that just got surfaced or triggered and I reacted like a five-year-old. You know, I reacted in the same way that I would have experienced it back then. But if I removed that experience, then I see this person and what happened, and it's really not that big of a deal
1: because I don't personalize it. So if if you're able to understand whatever that reaction is, in your now, sidestep the emotional content, then you would look at it through your adult perspective, and it it would probably make you laugh like you are now because it would be so, so funny, you know? And I think the better we get at that and understanding that when we're triggered and, and we are in reaction mode, that clearly it really does not have anything to do with what's going on in our life right now. And there's no place for it. And so we can laugh and move along.
2: So do you think that that is something that is going on with the world right now in terms of, or at least the nation, uh, in terms of, you know, what we're seeing what's going on politically and how everyone's reacting to that? And this is myself included, how everyone is reacting to that. Could that be happening on a grand scale, that same level of – and I'm not saying, you know, however people think and whatever people are – however people are feeling out there is fine – and however you're holding people accountable. But I'm saying, like, if you're having a real uh, emotional charge that's going on, uh, an overreaction or or whatever we call it, do you think that that's the same thing? Like, we're seeing it on a grander scale, like a bigger screen, but it's the same
1: thing. I I don't know. What I do know is as soon as we become aware of not feeling good when we're engaging in The process of watching it on television, hearing it on the radio, Mm -hmm. reading it in the paper, that we are Mm -hmm. in a pivotal moment to make a choice because we have to take full responsibility for where we are choosing to put our attention. And that choice is a very personal choice. There are endless places that we can choose to put our attention around any issue, political issue, you can choose to put it in uh, on a source that is more uplifting, a source that is more neutral, a source that is non-emotional, a source that is more based on truth and instead of fear. All of these are personal choices that nobody else can make for you. Nobody. So. As we talk about personal responsibility, each and every person, especially now, today, when we have so many choices and there is so much media coverage and there is so much information coming at us so quickly, we really must stop and ask ourselves whether what we're listening to or tuning into either connects us to ourselves or disconnects us to ourselves. And if we're disconnected, we are in a place of fear. Because when we are connected, there is no fear. If we are in our ego, we are disconnected. When we are connected, the ego stands down. So these moments that wherever we are in whatever state of connection or disconnection, no judgment, we have to understand that at that moment, we have to make some choices To either shift our attention to a better feeling place to maintain the connection with ourselves so that we can be productive, constructive, functioning, or we can stay in that place of fear where we feel completely paralyzed and pretty much a victim to the world at large. Right. Right. Choices. These are choices individual choices that once again nobody can make for us. Nobody.
2: And I'm over here nodding my head and high fiving you with everything that you say. Yes. And oh, so in that situation <laughs> in that situation, you know, it's interesting and, and I'm just gonna say this because again, this is what's happening. You know, I'm not I don't stray away from this topic because this is the world right now. This is what is happening. And so listeners if you're out there, as we always talk about on the show, you know, when you are Engaging and stuff, as Jamie just said, if, you know, if you're in a space and you're not feeling good, then you make a choice. You know, you're making a choice. You make, that's your opportunity to make a choice. Like you said, it's a pivotal point. So that's your opportunity to make a choice. And you can look at this and you can yeah. see, you know, and you are connected and you can see this from a positive perspective, and I don't mean paint a rainbow over it and pretend it isn't happening. What I mean when I say positive perspective is to look at the bigger picture and what positives could be coming out of this and why this might be happening and you know the positive end to this particular situation, what's, what's going on. Then if you can do that, then you might be able to look at some of this stuff and engage in conversation without getting into a fear place because you're coming from a place of connection. But if that isn't the case, that it's something that you want to make a decision, a decision about and a choice with. And, and I have said this before, and, Jamie, you can tell me if you agree with this or not, but if there is, you know, a situation where you start to get into that senior place, you start to feel disconnected, like you said, your ego starts to, to rear up, I feel like that's, that's an opportunity. It's a pivotal point, like you said, to, to shut it down, take a moment, step away, right? Um, if, if you choose to not stay stuck there, then it's, it's that moment. And then when you do, I think it's an opportunity for you to look at, at why, you know, like w- what just happened there? Like why did that happen that way? Because I feel like that's an opportunity that something's surfacing and it can, you know, like you said earlier, you can mo- remove the emotional part of it and then you might see it differently because you're able to see, oh, there was that. I started feeling that way because it reminded me of this, you know, or it took me back to this. And uh, something that happened in your past that might have been traumatic or very upsetting for you, it's an opportunity to either, you know, remove that emotional charge or heal it, and then you're able to move forward if that's your decision.
1: Yes, and I think sometimes just to distract yourself from it, because it doesn't even matter why. Sometimes you don't know why. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is to distract yourself to the point that you are in a better feeling place. You've been able to reach for a better Mm -hmm. feeling thought you're able to shift into something that is, you know, more soothing. You know, the other thing is that Mm -hmm. you don't really need to stick around to engage in a conversation that doesn't feel good. You know, if, if you're, you know, having a conversation with a bunch of people and you're finding yourself to feel uncomfortable, then excuse yourself. You know, you don't need to explain to anybody how or why or what. You can just simply say, I'm going to excuse myself now, and do so. You know, take yourself somewhere else, because um, that's a great choice. That's a great option. You know, just sit that is a great in option. a conversation and be unhappy. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, and yeah. there are no, you know, there are no victims. I, I'm sorry, I just don't feel that there are. I think that, you know, we have thought to use the self-empowerment of personal responsibility every single moment. And why wouldn't we? It's, you know, it it, it feels really good. It's very self-empowering to know what feels good and what doesn't and to allow yourself to navigate that way. Mm -hmm. Trust yourself. You know there's nobody that knows better for you than you. Nobody. And that's powerful,
2: too. And that means in any situation and anywhere to, to be your own personal guru. And, oh, yeah, I love that. And I love the the idea to be, when you're in a space, and, you know, I'm big on this because it, and it, a lot of people think that I'm rude for this, but I think it's very important because, like you said, if you're in a space and you don't want to be there, if you're having a conversation you're not comfortable in, if you're on social media and someone's, you know, going after you, if there's anything happening that you are not comfortable in, you have, the right and the personal responsibility to excuse yourself, walk away, disengage, whatever needs to occur. I love that. But it's right. powerful for people and we to don't, know
1: that, to give themselves. And, and we do not need to make anyone else wrong for us to do that. So we do not need to make someone else wrong because we're not interested in hanging around for a conversation that doesn't feel right for us. Everyone gets to choose what feels good to them. So if that conversation feels good to them, then that's great. And if that conversation doesn't feel good to us, that's great, too. But we don't have to make anybody wrong so that we can make the right choice for ourselves. We're just making a choice for ourselves. That's it.
2: Wow, that's wonderful. That's powerful, too. Uh, Just to be able to say, you know, I don't have to... If I'm in a situation, I don't have to think that this is a wrong thing. What you guys are doing is no, wrong. There's no in judgment. Order to give it just isn't right for walk. me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just not right for me. But, you know, you guys continue on. Have a nice day and wonderful. Because as soon as you're in judgment, you're disconnected from yourself. Yeah. Judgment is disconnection completely. When we're connected to ourselves, we don't judge anyone or anything, there's no room for that. It just, it's just not part of the natural state of well-being. Well, I'm writing that down. I love that. Judgment is disconnection. That's a big one,
2: and I think you know we, you, you're speaking to me on that one too. And and I've got to say, like that's something that, uh, it, it's a very powerful statement. Judgment is
1: disconnection because it, well, you know even in the moment it, when, when we judge, it doesn't feel good to judge. We don't feel good when we're judging right. someone. It, That doesn't feel good in our heart. It just doesn't. That is a sign we're disconnected. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yep, you're right. And the idea that you
1: feel good. Allowing 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 does, and that's beautiful. Yeah. Allow others to be right there. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, You be, allow them to be. Yep. Yeah. So that's the gift we give
2: ourselves is to allow ourselves
1: to be yes and we give it to others too yes it really is it's a a very nice way to move about the world wow And and
2: I have to ask you do you think that I mean I know you wouldn't have any idea of any other way but is it the fact that your parents allowed you to be that you're able to know this and feel this and have this as a gift to give us in the world? Because, you know, the rest of us, for the most part, certainly I could speak for the vast majority, weren't given that gift of just being allowed to be. Do you think that this really gave you the understanding?
1: I think it was really helpful for me. Although, if you or if anyone does read the book, you know, my issue was that I never felt connected to my mother until she was transitioning. So. You know, that was my ongoing um, misunderstanding for a long time. Um, So I think many people, they do feel connected to their parents, and yet maybe they do not have the opportunity to have been given the same messages as I. So I don't know. I think different things help different people, and I think it's never too late in our lives to really tap into a sense of joy and a sense of self-love and a sense of unconditional love. And I think that when we get back to that good feeling place of uh, understanding that we can navigate this way, that everything just feels so much better. So it doesn't matter yeah. to me what, how traumatic your childhood was, And believe me, people have had very traumatic childhoods. What matters is right Mm -hmm. now in this moment, you know, where you're choosing to move forward to. And everyone has that capacity if they're choosing to. I don't think that any of that holds us back. I think that it's wonderful contrast that gives us this renewed sense of what we're wanting for ourselves. Right, so, and
2: this message, you know, that you're giving people today and what you're saying is it's never too late to start No, never doing this, to give yourself this unconditional love and to allow yourself. And that is not to say to listeners out there that you should feel guilty or ashamed for any time that you didn't do this or, or, or guilty or ashamed for judging people because there is no guilt or shame or judgment to yourself no, either. No,
1: none, absolutely none. And guilt or shame, those are really very useful emotions those really they mm-hmm. really have no place in, in in any part of our life you know it's right. it just it none of that feels good so there is no place for that none of it right
2: that's very freeing for everyone listening and me included yeah i love that yeah so when it comes to, I mean, we have like seven minutes here, but I, I know that, you know, one thing I wanted to make sure that we discussed is that when it comes to giving yourself this kind of love and allowing and, and a judgment-free zone for yourself and others, uh, making sure that you're connected to you and that you start your day connecting to yourself and that that's how the day should start. Um, with regard to our endless opportunities, that really opens the door for just about anything
1: for us. I think so. Yeah. Endless opportunities. And, you know, I really see myself and all others as we are just vessels for receiving. You know, the universe is downloading information all day long to us. And either we're open to the receiving of it because we trust it, even though we don't know How or why or where or when, but just to intuitively trust the messages that we're able to receive and to use them in a way to help us navigate moment to moment. I think that that is a gift that is within all of our reach. Yes, I agree. You know, it's
2: funny, we, you and I had had a discussion before the show started about whether or not you were working on a new book. And, uh, you, you know, you said that you have been for a couple of years um, and that you're just open to receive whenever it's ready to be finished. Uh, I want to say that's something that I want listeners to hear. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is a great message of allowing and of, Uh, You know the judgment-free zone and and connecting with yourself, and just being open to receiving. Uh, Things aren't all. We don't need to rush these things, right? We need to let them
1: just come. Yes, and I think there's a book in every single one of us. You know, if you feel inspired to sit down and write a book, sit down and write a book. Because that information will just come right through you. It'll be the most effortless thing for you. So trust that process. Really, yeah. So agree. But I, Jamie, thank you so people, much for all of this information. Uh, I, uh, go ahead. I just want to say people are amazing and they're beautiful and we're filled with love and light and we're here to be joyful and to mm-hmm. co-create with one another. And that's really the purpose of it all. So, you know, I encourage people to just really tap into it if you can and enjoy it. You know, it's, it's a beautiful world we live in. That's a great way to end this show.
2: That's a beautiful way to, to put a great message out into the world. That's what we really all need to remember, guys. It is a beautiful world that we live in. This is a miracle of life that we are experiencing. It is an absolute wonder and as jamie said each one of you are absolutely beautiful and i'm certainly grateful for all of you and jamie thank you so much for all this information i want to make sure that our listeners know how to contact you or get in touch with you or get information from you and and i'm sure they're going to want more from you i'd love to have you on the show again if possible uh but i definitely want to make sure people can get in touch with you what what website can they go to
1: It's www.jamie-lerner.com, and there's tons of free information uh, on the website. So if you feel inspired, check it out. And thank you so much for inviting me. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank
2: you. I really hope you'll do this again. So much more information. I know people will want to uh, definitely hear from you again, so thank you so much. And listeners, I want to remind you to tune in, of course, next Wednesday. Uh, We'll have Valerie Green on. Remember, she is our relationship coach. She's going to be giving us some free relationship advice. You can call in 602-753-1589 and tune in with us next Wednesday. Again, thank you so much, Jamie, and, and thank you all listeners for tuning in. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, wonderful rest of the week, and, of course, as always, I will hopefully be talking to you next Wednesday, and I am grateful for each and every one of you. Have a wonderful week.
0: Panera now delivers so you can order good, clean food right to your office or door or porch or backyard or front yard or apartment or dorm or castle or shop or worksite or wherever for lunch, dinner and everywhere in between click the banner to order or visit PaneraBread.com participating locations only Panera food as it should be This is your first fish. I got one. Father's Day, a day to say thanks to the most important guy in the world. This year, get him what he really wants at Cabela's Father's Day Sale. Get 20% off Cabela's Reels and Fly Reels, 25% off Sig Sauer Elite Performance Ammunition, and earn $25 in Cabela's bucks when you spend $150 or more in-store. Come to Cabela's Father's Day Sale in-store and online at cabelas.com.